We have always existed, and we are still here. Telling the stories of those slung dead, we won't disappear. We're taking the pen back into our own hands. We live and we breathe and we keep creating, taking a stand. History is queerer than you think. Welcome to the Making Queer History Podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Will. And today we're going to be talking about Anderson Begode Herzer. Yes, but before we get to that and jump into that, let's talk about what's happening right now. Because this weekend, Laura, we're doing some really incredible stuff. We are going to a writer's conference. Exactly. And Laura's going to be speaking at, at said conference. Yes, I'm going to be speaking at the conference. So if you ever like want to talk to me, just like Calgary, that's where I'm going to be at. Yes. The Calgary Writer Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura's going to be speaking this Sunday. We'll put all the info in the description of the podcast. And I know I have the info on the Instagram story right now. I didn't put it on the Instagram itself. I put it on the Instagram story. So I'm going to probably post it again sometime this week. But if you're getting this right away, check the Instagram story. See if it's up there. Um, if not, you can probably just Google Calgary Writers Conference and you'll find a lot of stuff. And you'll find my name. Um, Laura Mills, and you can come out and talk to us. It's a free event. You can hang out, learn about writing stuff, and yeah, just like come talk to me after. I'll be very excited to talk to you. Um, we'll figure out that people actually listen to this podcast. That'd be nice. It's not just something that I'm making up in my head. So far, we know two people listen to it. Yes. So if there are more, let us know. <laughs> One person is my mother. Yes. Who we just found out listened to this. Hello, mother. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> How are you doing? We uh, love you. We love you. Um, for everyone else, that is, um, you're not allowed to listen to that. Yeah, no. Sorry. You gotta, you gotta tap out. <laughs> you gotta tap out whatever we say. Okay, we're talking to Sarah now. <laughs> All right. Anyways, um, just other announcements. There is a fundraiser going on right now for or, a project. Uh, or I guess we could call it a fun raiser. I'm gonna go. No one react to that. <laughs> Don't react to that. I know you're only like probably in your car listening to that. But I need you not to react to that, because Will will somehow, through the universe, feel that you laughed at that joke. I will, I will, I will know. And we can't let them know that, like, you just can't give them that. You can't. Please, laugh at my jokes, guys. <laughs> Please, I'm we'll laugh begging at your jokes you. when they're good. Ouch. <laughs> Anyways. Our we're fundraiser. Having, yeah, we're having a fundraiser. We have some exclusive rewards only up for the fundraiser. Um, it can be up if you become a patron, upgrade your patronage, or... Give over $50 to our one-time donation. If you want to become a patron, you go to www.patreon.com slash queerhistory. If you want to make a donation, go to our website, www.makingqueerhistory.com, and then you can find that on the website. You can find out where to donate. Yeah, there'll be a link. And as for what what the rewards are, is there beautiful a beautiful design by, by Dean? Mm-hmm. Uh, of a carnation and a violet, mm-hmm. and you can get it as a sticker. Yeah, you can get it on a mug. I love the mug. I want the mug so bad. Yeah, I can't become a patron, but I love the mug so bad. Well, you're not getting the mug. It is exactly. only for patrons. And then there's also an an enamel pin. Yes, that you can put on your shirt, your backpack, anything, and just tell the world very subtly that you listen to this podcast and you're gay. Yes, queer. Yeah. So, if you want to get any of those fantastic rewards, go check them out. 
also, we have some amazing things coming out just for the fundraiser because, yeah, there's just like some projects that I've been working on in the background that I think you're all going to be super excited about. Also, one thing, we just finished recording our question and answer podcast that you are never going to hear if you are not a patron or if you don't donate over $50. This is exclusively the first time we've ever done an exclusive uh, podcast for the patrons and probably going to be the last time. I don't see a foreseeable reason to do it again, but you should become a patron and check it out because we talk about writing. We talk about our process. We talk about ourselves. We talk about queer history. Um, we talk about all these cool, fun facts behind the scenes. So if you're interested in us behind the scenes, you should definitely check that out. You also post a lot of behind the scenes things on the Patreon. Exactly. And that's patron exclusive. So you're going to have to, you know, become a patron to see all those really cool, amazing things. Exactly. So yeah, check out our Patreon. You don't have to become a patron for a lot. Uh, We usually post four things a month that you have to pay for. Mm -hmm. So if you become a $1 patron, that's $4 a month. That's not a lot. Yeah. Also... We, Will said usually, I want to clarify because people ask us a lot, we always only post four things a month. We never post more, we never post less. We always post four things a month so you know exactly how much money you're giving so it's never a surprise. So yeah, if you become a patron for $1, that's $4. Mm -hmm. If you become a patron for $5, that's $20 a month, Mm etc, etc. And uh, this is a shout out to every single one of our patrons. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you so much and thank you for all your support. Exactly, we appreciate you all. And we have some amazing patrons on right now. We got some new ones. We got to talk to them. We got to have them ask us questions. We just had a really fun time. So we're excited for all our new patrons. If you're one of those, hello. And they'll also be getting early access to this podcast episode. Um, All the time, uh, patrons will always get early access to podcast episodes. And you guys get it a little bit later, but you get it. You get it eventually. It it depends on like when I remember that. Oh, shoot. I have to post it to regular people too. (laughs) But yeah, to all of our listeners out there, one, we still don't know what to call you. Two, thank you so much for listening. Yes, we're figuring out what to call you as well. We're having a competition of ideas right now. Will's idea. Say it. Queer Storians. An audience member idea. Rainbow Storians. And my idea, which is beautiful and amazing and I'm not biased at all, is our lovely rainbows and carnations because, you know, symbolism. Also, it would work with our fundraiser merch. True, but also queer story and this is a pun. Yeah, but I'm cooler than you. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but um, I'm no. Yes. I'm funnier than you. <laughs> As we found out from your last joke, that is not true. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, I think, is there any more announcements? There's one big thing coming up soon. You don't know what it is. No one knows what it is. I don't know what it is. is. Will doesn't know what it is. Dean knows what it is. Dean is the only one other than me in my brain box who knows what's coming up soon. So if you want to hear that, check out all our social medias. We have a Twitter. We have a Facebook. We have an Instagram. We have a Tumblr. Is there anything else we have? Email? We have an email. You can email us at... Queer History Patreon at gmail.com. Also, you can sign up for our mailing list on our website yes. at www.makingqueerhistory.com. There's on the just the homepage, there'll be a place for you to sign up for our newsletter, and we'll send you all these cool things, and you'll get knowledge before anyone else does. Because yeah. last month they got all this cool stuff that you don't even know about yet. Ha! Which is exciting. It and is. yeah, just 
visit our website. You'll find all our links there. Links to our store, to where you can donate, to all our social media. Just go there and read some articles, have some fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out some more resources, etc., etc. And in addition to the amazing designs we have for our fundraiser, just know that we have amazing designs all year round for our regular life at our store. So definitely check out our store. Uh, see all the cool designs that are there. Um, the pretty designs that are for our fundraiser aren't up there. You can only get it specifically from this one thing. That's the only way you can get it. Sorry, y'all. So that's the way it is. It's just the way it is. That's how life works sometimes. All right. Do you have any more um, announcements? announcements to make? Um, no, I think we're pretty good. We covered the Writers' Conference that we're going to that you should totally come see us at. Um, fundraiser, the question and answer. Yeah, I think we're good. All right. All right. So before we jump into uh, this podcast, I will give a trigger warning. We do talk about suicide. So if that's not something you're comfortable listening to right now, for any reason, no judgment, just click this off. We're going to jump into it. Um, We're not going to go in depth. We're not going to talk about any graphic details, but we are going to discuss it. So be aware, um, know yourself, and just know if this is within your capacity. You can definitely come back at a different time if that's what you feel like. We just trust you to know what you're doing. Um, At the end of this podcast, we'll also be giving out uh, suicide hotline resources. And yeah, so just wait to listen to that at the end if you have any reaction to this or if, you know, any reason at all, really. No judgment here. Not at Um, all. Though be aware that we are not a crisis resource center, so we do not have resources if you need need them. So we don't have the professional training and we're not available to support you if you're in a crisis. If you do need resources, we can point you to something. All right. So now that we've got all those disclaimers out of the way, we're going to jump into the life of Anderson Bagode Herzer. And it wasn't a long life, but... Yeah. And we're going to cover what we have. Um, they didn't live a very long time, but... Um, and they didn't really have that much of a clear start either. Uh, for When they were four years old, their father was shot and died and only a little while later, they were given up by their mother to uh, their grandparents because their mother no longer had the resources to support them. And then... His... And their mother died soon after that. His grandparents passed him on to his uncle. Yeah. And his uncle took care of him for a while. But... And even there, it was really difficult. Um, at that point, Anderson was identifying as female and a little bit before uh, his boyfriend had died in a motorcycle accident. And soon after, Anderson began identifying as a lesbian. I believe he was either 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his uncle, because of all his trauma, he engaged in some risky behaviors, risky behaviors. drinking alcohol, definitely underage, um, doing drugs, apparently hanging out with a rough crowd. Um, so his uncle did send him to a juvenile detention facility, even though he had not committed any crimes. So this particular uh, facility was called is called FEBEM, and it is notorious um, throughout Brazil for being just honestly a terrible facility. It was often compared to concentration camps. It wasn't a good place to be. Um, a quote from a person sent with Amnesty International who, um, an international expert in, in prison uh, conditions. Yep. They said, I should say as clearly as possible that I have never seen children kept in such appalling conditions. In my view, the place should be closed down. Yes. And that's a prison expert. So they know prisons well and they know what 
they've seen some pretty intense things. And that was one of internationally known as a really just terrible facility. And that was where Anderson spent um, most of his teenage years. That is where he found the name Anderson. Well, I'm sure he didn't find it there, but... um, That's when he started IDing as Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Big odd, actually, fun fact, is uh, the Portuguese word for mustache. Yeah, which I think is fun. Yeah. It's a little fun fact. That's fun. And it's possibly the same name that his dead boyfriend had. Mm -hmm. The one who died in the motorcycle accident when he was younger. Um, We don't know for certain. We didn't have that many sources on that, but I think we're good. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, it seemed like a trustworthy source. Mm-hmm. So yeah, while he was in the correction facility, he a lot of bad things happened. We don't know explicitly that anything happened to him, but we know that the the staff was often abusive or allow, allowed abuse to happen. It was a very underfunded and very crowded space, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of yeah, a lot of trauma happened there. Yeah. And even if it didn't happen to him specifically, it happened to the people around him. And that is where he grew his support network. And it also is where he began creating art, starting writing poetry and starting writing plays, which um, other inmates would help perform with him. I think that's sweet. Yeah, it was very sweet. And he really found out his identity there, even though it wasn't the best of conditions. He worked and he sort of tried to figure himself out. And by the time he was 17... He published uh, his some of his poetry under under his name Anderson Bigode Herzer, and yeah, I also believe that during his time in the in the facility, he despite the horrible conditions, he found something that he he found a lot of people that he could connect to, and he found a lot of people that he could love, and he found some some good parts of it despite all the horrible. Yes, exactly. And um, because of his book of poetry, he did gain some attention from the outside world outside of the facility, um, including a politician named Eduardo Simplici, who hired him on as um, an intern when he got out because he was having a hard time finding a job, um, because of having a criminal record, and also because of, you know... He was, being, he was trans, yeah. He was trans. So it's always difficult finding a job in that situation. Um, but Edwards, Eduardo Simplici hired him. Actually, just so you know, Eduardo Simplici is actually one of my favorite politicians. Um, he's a Brazilian politician. You should definitely check him out if you ever have the time. He's just doing amazing work. I actually still follow him on Facebook from researching this article because I was like, oh, that's an interesting person. I'm going to look into him a little bit more. And I just found all this really amazing information about him. If there's a politician you want to check out. I think that's a that's a really great one. He's this amazing Brazilian politician who's really fighting hard, just doing pretty amazing things in Brazil. And yeah, definitely check him out. Uh, he is all on Facebook and you can just check him out through his works. Um, he's just a really kind of fun person to follow on Facebook, even though I don't speak Portuguese. I usually Google translate his things and I'm like, oh, that's like really cool. And there's always around pride. There's a whole bunch of pictures of him, you know, dancing with like drag queens and transgender women and just like really having a great time. He also sometimes posts like pictures of close ups on his face and like as a tag yourself thing. Which I absolutely adore. And yeah, uh, he's a, just an incredible politician. You should definitely check him out if you have the time. Um, if you're Brazilian or if you're not. I'm not Brazilian, but I still think he's a cool guy. Um, maybe there are things that I don't know about him because I'm going to be honest, I haven't done extensive, extensive research. But from what I know of him, he's just pretty cool. And yeah, he hired um, 
Anderson right after that. And yeah, he got a job and they worked and Anderson continued writing poetry. But unfortunately, only a couple of years later, Anderson committed suicide. And that's where it his story ends. Yes. Um, a little while after, there was a movie made about him called Vera. I never ended up watching it because um, I remember there were a lot of fictionalized parts of it that I just... So I never found it like a reliable research resource and also the only copies were in Brazilian. But he also wrote a, a biography, I believe. Yeah. And one of the books he, he wrote was called Aquela para o Alto. Um translated into meaning descending upwards yes so if you ever hunt that down pick it up and give it a read yes definitely definitely do we haven't found any english translations of it we haven't which is sad but if you you know of one please send it in or if you are a person who speaks portuguese uh that'd be awesome if you could translate that for us because we would love to see that we'd love to see his work properly yeah I Google translated some of his poems, and it's Google Translate. It's not perfect, but it, just the translated parts were all beautiful. So I can just imagine how how lovely it must sound in in its full in its full glory. Yes, exactly. Um, and yeah, there are obviously a lot of things we can look at when we're looking at Anderson's suicide. There was a lot of trauma in his life. There was a lack of adult mentorship in his life. Though later on, he had Eduardo that one person isn't enough. One person isn't enough for anyone. And yeah, he just really lacked a lot of connections. And And a lot of support. A lot of support. Just an entire... Yeah, he lacked the system that would allow him to exist. Exactly. In a healthy way, I believe. Exactly. And he was sent to a place which just failed every single person who entered it. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, that prison was horrible. It um, In 1999, right? In 1999, October 24th, it, there was a riot in the prison. And a lot of staff were taken hostage. Four boys died. And 58 people were killed. Or injured, sorry. Um, were injured. Including, including 29, 29 staff members. Um and yeah, it was a really difficult time, and obviously that wasn't when Ed- or sorry, it wasn't when Anderson was in there. But after that happened, it really brought the country's attention to this, and the riot ended up destroying the place entirely. And it was thankfully shut down. It was thankfully shut down, but we can't get too happy about that Mm -hmm. because the people who were um, there were either sent to adult prison facilities, which that's not a great plan, or were sent to already overcrowded other youth facilities. And yeah, it wasn't the best situation for anyone around. And that was after he left. But at the same time, we can we can see a little bit of the the conditions that existed there mm-hmm. just from that. And they were not good. But so the prison system failed him, even though honestly he shouldn't have been in there in the first place. Most of his family failed him, whether it was on purpose or not. Mm-hmm. And just over and over again, things that were set up to help him didn't. And that's not an uncommon story for queer youth. I think almost everyone I know can think of a time where something that was set up to help them, to support them, had failed them because they were queer or for other reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a very common story. It is. And 
Yeah, especially for incarcerated queer people, there's a lot of difficulties that they face exclusively, especially for transgender people. And that's something we need to keep in mind if you're incarcerated or if you're not, if you ever have been or if you've never been. It's really something that we so often forget about because it's that's a purposeful thing. Incarcerated people are taken out of society, so we're not looking at them. So we forget about the things that they're going through. So I think as a queer community, we really, really need to keep in mind what the incarcerated members of our community are going through and especially try to remove judgment from that because especially since the queer community is made up of so many people of color, incarceration is not always justified and generally is not in a lot of cases. So we really, really need to keep them in our minds and in our hearts and keep our support out for them. There are a lot of great um, programs doing that for us. One that I can think of is... Uh, It's called the Prisoner Correspondence Project. So basically you become a pen pal of uh, incarcerated uh, queer person. And I think that's a really great program. And if you do have the time, please, please do sign up. What's the website? Their website is uh, prisonercorrespondenceproject, in one word, dot com. Yes. So please do... Do you know what? If you don't have the time, that's totally fair. But if you do have the time and the capacity, I think that's a great thing to sign up for because we so often just absolutely forget about the incarcerated members of our community and just leave them to a system that is not built for them, does not support them, and more often than not fails them. So this project connects you to uh, a pen pal in... uh, To a pen pal in Canada or the United States. Yeah. Um, So if you're in Canada and the United States, that's a thing for you. I'm sure there are others in other countries. You can definitely look. Um, There are definitely some other resources. If I can find any, I'll definitely put in the description of this podcast. So do check them out. Click on them. Look through them. Really just check them out. If you can't or don't have the capacity, I would encourage other friends to check those resources out and maybe become one of the pen pals. It's just... It's important work to do because when the system has failed us and when it fails everyone else, we need to create the community that we want. Yes, exactly. And in all fairness, we shouldn't have to do this. We shouldn't. But our society's failing. So we need to step up. That's our job. So much of the pain that queer people go through is because of the society we live in. And I'm not going to say that's all that exists there. There's obviously different factors for absolutely everyone who goes through this. But because our society fails, we have to create our own spaces. We have to support each other because society as a large isn't going to help. It's trying and it's growing and there are definitely amazing people working on getting society to that point, but we're not at that point yet. So it's really the job of us as a community to step in because we know what we need and we're a very strong community. And yeah, I think um, there's a quote from Anderson that says it best. I have felt many times on the edge, but always at the last minute there was a way out or a helping hand to assist me in a way to the light. So be that helping hand, be that way in the last minute. It's just, it's really vital and it's very important. And obviously not everyone is trained perfectly to exist in those ways, but do what you can. You don't have to be everything, but everyone has to be something. That's a good way of looking at it. Exactly. So some resources to look at is PFLAG for Canada. It's 24-7 support. Um, call toll-free at 1-88-530-6777. Oh, and you can email them at gender at pflagcanada.ca. 
That's for queer people. There's also the Kids Helpline. Um, you can call 1-800-668-6868. There's a Trans Lifeline in Canada. You call 877-330-6366. In the U.S., you call 877-565-8860. If you're not in Canada or the U.S., there are definitely some other ones. And outside of just hotlines, you can also find a lot of um, internet-based support systems. I know the Trevor Project exists and they have some internet-based support systems for anyone in crisis. Or not in crisis, just really look for support when you can. And if you're in a space where you don't need support, you're in a space where maybe you can give it. I know there are a few community-based websites Mm -hmm. like uh, Seven Cups. Yeah, it's a place for that where you can reach out and get support from other people or or reach out and give support to other people. It's not queer specific, but it might be a good resource for people to have. Yep. Um. So yeah, just keep that in mind. I know today this is a short episode, so sorry for that. But we honestly, there's not much information about this life. And I hate to be that person to be like, what about their potential? But just look at all they created in the short time they have and imagine how much they could have if they had had the full lifetime they were supposed to. In all his 20 years from 1962 to 1982, he created a lot mm. and he left us with parts of that. Yeah. And yeah, just reach out if you need anything right now or reach out if someone else needs something. And you don't have to be everything for someone. But keep those resources in mind even if you don't need them because someone else around you might. Mm-hmm. And it's in, again, when society fails us, we have to be our own society. Exactly. So just keep that in mind. And I think uh, that's it. Yeah. So it's time to move to the lighter period of the podcast, which is where we recommend um, some queer media for you guys to look at. This isn't media that we've contacted or or in any way are affiliated with. We're just listened and read and watch so much queer media. So we want to share a lot of that with you. So I guess I do the intro because Will, cause Will um, has to do it this time. We still haven't come up with any name for this. So if you want us to have a name, please, please send it in. Otherwise, you are forced to listen to me sing an improvised song instead of a name. So Will has been thinking about this and still doesn't know anything. And is panicking and trying to find things right now because they forgot that it was their turn today. Um, but Will just showed me what they are going to say, and it's pretty cool. So, resources and queerness, go. Uh, the one I'm going to talk about, I, I, I'll admit, I completely forgot about this movie until just now when I remembered it. Mm-hmm. And I watched it a little while back. It is beautiful. Yeah. It is Speaking perfect. of lighthearted alternative to this. Yes, yeah. It's a very lighthearted, funny movie. Uh, it's also very gay. Yes. So it's called Debs. D-E-B-S. Yes. So it's not like just Debs, Debs it's, it's an acronym. Yeah. And it's a spy movie uh, with uh, some teenage crime fighters. But it's queer. You should definitely check it out. I remember me and Will were just absolutely laughing our butts off while we watched this at the Pride Center of Edmonton. Just so you know, Pride Center of Edmonton, great resource. 
But it's it's a movie from 2004. It's a very 2000s spy movie. Yeah. It has some great vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, very... It's just it's just incredible. It's a credible movie. So if you good. want a lighthearted alternative to this podcast, which was less lighthearted, definitely check it out. It's just worth the time. And sometimes it's really just nice to watch a silly movie that yeah. isn't... Because so many comedies are just like, they'll have side jabs at queer people. They'll constantly have side jabs at like queer people existing, queer people doing their thing. They'll be like, oh, woman, but they're dressed up in a mannish way. Let's mock. And right. it's just like, ooh, this is fun. This is the lighthearted romp I was expecting. But yeah, so but this is a good alternative. Good, good alternative. <laughs> so yeah, check that out. Watch mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, email us and let us know what you think. Exactly. And yeah, I think that's it for today. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. And remember, history is queerer than you think. We have always existed, and we are still here. Telling the stories of those slung dead, we won't disappear. We're taking the pen back into our own hands. We live and we breathe and we keep creating, taking a stand. History is queerer than you. Every step we're taking